Hey, this is Brent Leary, and last week I had an opportunity to uh, attend Eloqua Experience 2013. It's Eloqua's user conference, and it was a really good conference, but one thing I was really not happy about missing was a, an, a session called How the Bears, you got to say it like that, folks, the Bears engage with 5 million fans, or 5 million plus fans, and it was a session, it was a sold-out session by Elaine De Los Reyes, Director of Fan Marketing and Research for the Chicago Bears. And since I didn't get a chance to see it, and I really wanted to talk to her about this, I'm glad to have Elaine with me this morning. So, Elaine, thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. As I mentioned, I really wish I could have seen your session last week at uh, Eloqua Experience. Uh, but thank you for making time uh, to talk about how the Bears, I love how you put it in your presentation too, D-A, the Bears <laughs> engage with 5 million plus fans. But before we jump into that, why don't you give us a little bit of your personal background first? Sure. I, uh, I've been at the Bears since January 2012, and it's been very exciting so far. This is my second season. Um, but prior to that, I had worked for the Philadelphia Eagles for four seasons, um, and had also spent some time with the National Football League um, league office in New York. So have really enjoyed being in the NFL family for about a decade now. Wow, and, I, and as I was telling you a little earlier, I grew up in Delaware, so I'm very familiar with the Eagles and definitely familiar with the Bears. But just before I, uh, I ask you this next question, I just point out, because you, you uh, have some really great stats in the presentation, and thanks for sending it over to me. But the Bears have been sold out for almost 30 years, 29 consecutive years. Uh, the listening audience is the largest in the NFL, and you say it's 56% higher than the next closest team. 4.4 uh, million Bears fans over the age of 18 in just the Chicago area, and that equates to six out of every 10 Chicagoans. Uh, and just some, some amazing numbers, 555,000-plus downloads of the mobile app, I mean, 54 million page views in 2013. So all these numbers show rabid fans for Chicago, and, and we didn't even have to look at the numbers to know that. But my question is, you know, you came to start the fan, and, uh, fan marketing and research department, and as rabid as the fans are, uh, why did the Chicago Bears feel like they had to start that department? Well, it was, it was something that we were very excited about. A, a true marketing and promotions department didn't really exist with the Bears before, and really the departments that were working on the events also helped promote it. And so we wanted to create some efficiencies and, and really have one department in charge of our branding campaign and um, our marketing initiatives as it relates to promotion of events, and um, we, we wanted to just make sure that we were um, able to have a department really dedicated to fan engagement and building our platforms. And um, we, we've really been focused on growing our database and, and making sure that our communication with our fans is personalized. Um, we're focused on different segments like um, the youth platform, women's initiative, and also our, our growing Hispanic platform. We know that 
by 2016, um, one in four Chicagoans will be Hispanic. And we know that there's a growing Hispanic fan base in Chicago and just want to make sure that we, um, we really engage with them and stay on top of that. But um, we, we know that we've been lucky and that we've been sold out for almost 30 years, but you, you never want to be comfortable with that. You want to make sure that, um, that you continue to retain your fans and make sure that the fans that you have feel appreciated and, and valued. And really, you know, that's, that's a main um, goal of, of our department. Now, before you kind of settled on your current platform for helping you do all the things you just mentioned, you mentioned to me earlier that you went through a process of trying to select uh, the right platform to help bring things together. What what were the kind of goals and, and uh, pieces that you needed to, to manage and handle, and then why did you want to go with some kind of an automated solution to help with that? Our, our email platform before um, wasn't bad, but it wasn't the most uh, sophisticated and robust platform. And we had gone through a very, very extensive vendor selection process to choose a database marketing, uh, marketing automation tool. And um, we wanted a tool that was able to, to help us with some of our you know, initial challenges in the beginning with um, a lot of data just not being organized and we wanted to centralize it in one hub. And um, we wanted to make sure that the platform was able to segment out as we need, um, automate information, and also personalize when possible. And we also wanted a platform that was going to be ready to help us in the future and evolve with us and be innovative as it relates to, um, to really being smart with the data that we have. And so I, I know that... Uh you selected Eloqua to do those, to, to, to kind of be that platform. Uh, but how did you get started using Eloqua, and, and what were the key pieces that you, you needed to, to handle right off the bat? Sure. We, we definitely had big dreams for our database, but it's really important, and, and I would suggest for anyone really, you know, jumping on a new platform or taking on any large project like this, is that there's hope and that, um, you need to start with baby steps, and, and even though we wanted to, to really um, use all the cool um, bells and whistles in the beginning, it's important to make sure you have a strong foundation with the information that you have before um, you just switch to data growth or database growth. And so we really started with, um, with really talking to each of the various departments internally and asking them how we can best help them with their needs and really helping to solve and, and gain trust and show results with, with some of the questions and, um, and challenges that we did hear about. And so we really started with taking all the data that we had and consolidating it and, and removing um, any bad email out addresses and, um, you know, people that weren't engaged or, or maybe um, didn't want to receive certain types of communication. So we really started small and built out a preference center to allow people to choose what communication they receive from us. Um, in the beginning, it was really 
you know, one type of communication, which was Bears Direct, which was football news, but now fans have a choice whether they want to get football news and merchandise, emails, or if they want to hear about Bears events and promotions. And so for us, it's really important for our fans to be able to voice um, what they'd like to hear from the Chicago Bears. Another thing that you really focused in on was surveying uh, the fan base. And why was that important, and what did you want to do and achieve with that? Sure. Our, our research portion of our department is really the backbone of everything that we do. So all of our events and initiatives and, and even the game day experience, we really look to research and surveys to ensure that we're making the right decisions, that we're, we're listening to what fans say. And so um, we probably do about 25 to 30 surveys a year. A good chunk of them are in, the, are in season. And we survey everything from, you know, when you leave your house to when you come home from a game um, and everything in between, you know, concessions, security, you know, game, um, game day entertainment, you name it. And then we also survey for events and, um, and even down to our social, you know, media engagement and, and even the emails that we send you if, if people are happy with the communications that they get. Um, we do send a lot of surveys, and we want to just make sure that we're continuing to take the pulse of what our fans prefer. And, and how do you take that feedback and roll it into programs and services? Is it and, and do fans kind of keep up or try to keep track of if their feedback is actually being used? Um, that's actually a good question. We uh, we want to get better at that. We've we've done a lot of surveys and we have heard from fans. Hey. You know, we, we've been answering your surveys, but we want to know if, if what we're um, sharing with you is, is being heard. And so um, going forward, when we do send out a survey for an event, for example, we'll, we'll include information about feedback that fans gave us the previous year. So we'll say, you know, um, dear Brent, Thank you for coming to the draft party. We'd love to hear your feedback about how we can get better. And by the way, last year fan feedback allowed us to um, improve the event in these different ways. And so fans know that, that we're listening to them. And um, another way that we, we show and, and we hope to show that we're listening to fans is we, um, we set up a season ticket holder advisory group a couple of years ago, and um, we have a new um, group of season ticket holders every year that that shared their feedback with us, and we meet approximately every six weeks during the year, and we talk about everything from the branding campaign to the game they experience to um, other ways that we can um, improve their experience as a Bears fan, and we share what information we talk about with those um, with those fans in the in the season ticket holder connect, which is our our newsletter to season ticket holders. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it kind of feeds into the idea of you're looking for uh, year-round engagement, and that's one of the things you pointed out in your, uh, your presentation last week. Maybe you could talk about why it's important to have that year-long engagement, year-round engagement with your fans, and some of the ways you go about doing it. 
Sure. I, I, the NFL season is is really from you know from August, you know when you're starting preseason, and hopefully in into February if you're going to Super Bowl. But our fans are are diehard fans all year round, and we know that they're interested in the draft and that they're interested in training camp and and OTA and you know other events that we have. And it's important for us to have year-round engagement because we know that um, there's an appetite for it. And also because we have been sold out for so long, there's only an X amount of people that are able to come to games. And um, having events year-round and having training camp open to the public allows us to give um, access to other fans who aren't able to come to the games, you know, between August and, and February. And so it's important for us to have touch points um, all different times of the year. And you have uh, events uh, throughout the year. How important is it to leverage the, you know, the kind of the power of communication through, you know, email and social channels to drive fans to attend actual events? So we, we actually are, are pretty active on social, and um, we know we want to be where, where fans are, are talking and, and sharing information with us. Um, we, we, really, we really enjoy um, having a, a dialogue with them, um, with surveys, it's it's very one way sometimes where, you know, you take a survey and we take that feedback and we kind of move forward with it. But with, with email and especially with social, um, we're able to have a conversation with our fans and, and answer questions. And um, I would say that, that social is definitely a growing um, area for us. And... Um, I, I think there's about, um, or there's over um, 3 million fans who engage with us on social, and, um, and even in the digital space, when we look at our website, um, 60% of our website traffic is not in the Chicago DMA. So there's really you know, endless opportunities to, um, to engage with fans outside of Chicago, and, and we're hoping to do that more. A um, couple of years ago, we played uh, in London, and we realized when we got there that there were so many Bears fans in the UK, and at the time, we, we didn't have a, a database marketing tool that was able to segment by, by country, and so we hope that if we play in London in the future, that's something that we can do um, and, and, and get their email addresses, but also engage with them socially. Yeah, I, I would uh, almost assume that if the Bears played in, I don't know, uh, Uganda or someplace like that, <laughs> there would probably be a bunch of Bears fans down there as well. Uh, yes, yes, we 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 know that they um, we know that they're out there, and and we really um, encourage them to to visit us on our site and and join. Um, our database because we hope that you know as as our brand extends and and hopefully you know there's more um, international interaction that that we're going to be able to reach out to them um, you know if if the bear should play you know in another country other than this one. Uh, well, not only that, but Bears fans from Chicago travel pretty well too. 
<laughs> they do. Yeah, I think that's one of the really interesting things. Sometimes you'll go to an away game and it seems like there's more Bears fans there. Um, and so we're really excited that they're passionate enough about the team to uh, to go and, and follow us. And one last thing uh, you touched on earlier, being a, the need for segmentation, to really being able to uh, personalize messaging because not all fans are alike, and some fans are driven by certain things that other fans are driven by. Talk a little bit about how you use segmentation to to drive uh, folks to act. Like uh, you mentioned uh, during your presentation, uh, this locker room chalk talk with uh, Peanut Tillman. Mm-hmm. So we so we have certain events during the year that 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 may have a specific player. Um, that is going to attend, um, and we have certain events um, like the the Tillman event that you're talking about that had a very limited number of um, seats available. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that those very exclusive events um, really touch the fans that 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 really wanted to be there. And so what we did um, in our preference center was we asked fans who their favorite players were, or, or, or actually just one player. We asked them to choose their, their most favorite player. And what we did for that particular event was segment out fans who chose um, Charles Tillman and also fans who lived within 100 miles of the stadium. And so uh, we we found that campaign to be pretty successful, and I believe the event sold out in less than two days. And so um, there's a lot of examples like that where you know we've been um, using segmentation to ensure that our that our fans um, get the information that they're looking for, but we don't you know communicate the wrong type of message to someone who you know may not be able to go because they live you know, very far away, or, or maybe they're not a fan of um, Charles Tillman in particular. So um, we were just really um, excited to do something like that. I know it's not super revolutionary, but it's, it's definitely one of our um, key steps to being smarter with our data. And uh, you also, it might not be uh, revolutionary, but open rates of 57% and click through rates of 25%, I, I don't think too many companies would turn that around, uh, turn that away. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So been... it's been great talking with Elaine De Los Reyes. Elaine, maybe uh, if you could, you know, our audience is made up of a lot of small businesses, and and really, uh, some people really don't know this or recognize it, but you know, uh, franchises, sport franchises, are pretty much small businesses, and mm-hmm. you actually run a department with. Uh, three people kind of reporting you. So you don't have a huge uh, number of people and resources, but what are some of the important things, uh, takeaways, uh, that a small business could kind of get from some of the things that you've done as a marketing person for a sports franchise? What are some of the things that they may be able to take from what you do and put into play? Sure. I think, you know, for us as a small department, um, we really wanted to understand um, the different challenges that um, our fans face or questions that they had and 
sometimes it doesn't have to be an expensive tool or a platform. It's about making sure that you have that you know one-to-one -one, um, engagement and um, personalizing whenever possible. And you know, as much technology as we have, sometimes it doesn't hurt um, if you get an email from a customer or a fan. Um, that has a question to just pick up the phone and talk to them personally. Um, you know, just because we're, we're a pretty big brand, um, we don't want to take the human aspect out of it. And so, you know, we're, we're very proud um, to be a, a great um, organization that engages with fans. And we're the marketing department, but really everyone should be focused on customer service. And so that's really what we're trying to deliver is the best customer service possible. And, and I would say um, regardless of how big a business is or how big a department is um, within an organization that if your focus is on wonderful customer service that you can't really go wrong there. I really like that. Even though you're in marketing, your focus is still on customer service. That's great. Uh, where can people learn more about what you're doing or maybe even sign up for, for one of the newsletters? Um, if you go to chicagobears.com, um, there's a, a section there for email notifications, and we'd be happy to, um, we'd be happy to start uh, talking to, to more fans. Yeah, but just don't expect to get a season ticket because it was, uh, the waiting list is between 10 and 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks a lot for, for this uh, great conversation, Elaine. Thank you very much.